This is the Radio Bible Class, and I'm your host, Tim Carter. We welcome you to our Bible study as a Radio Bible Class streams across the nation and around the world. We bring to you a message how Christ ministers to his disciples after the resurrection. We greet you on the internet and radio with the message that Jesus is alive today. Now, today's lesson is titled, Be Kind, Rewind. And that comes from 2 Samuel 9, 1 through 13. But before we start our lesson today, Word Talking could use your support. Now, playing music on the radio may sound simple, but actually it's quite costly due to publishing rights and royalties. And before that first song was ever played, there's utility bills and tower rental fees and maintenance and so forth. We need people just like you to help with the tax-deductible gifts. So won't you do that today? You can do that by calling us at 601-483-8648. And there they can take your information safely and securely over the phone. Or mail us your gift to Word Talk, Inc., P.O. Box 4334, Meridian, Mississippi, 39304. Now, your gift to Word Talk, Inc. is IRS approved as a 501c3 tax-exempt ministry. Your contribution is never used for salaries. It's never used for managerial purposes. But 100% of it goes to the expense providing the good news of Jesus Christ to our listening area. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you'd like to go back and listen to a previous lesson, you can do that by going to our podcast website. That's Radio Bible Class with no spaces between radiobibleclass.podbean.com or find us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's iTunes, whether that's Google, whether that's Amazon, whether that's TuneIn Radio, wherever you go and you listen to your podcast, we're there too. Just search for WMER space Radio Bible Class with no spaces between Radio Bible Class. Well, today we pick back up in 2 Samuel, and we're going to see a second question that David asked. You know, David was said to be a man after God's own heart. That's the way Samuel described David when he was telling him about God had already chosen someone when he told Saul that. He's chosen someone that was a man after his own heart. We're going to see that statement through the eyes of him being more like God. We all should strive to be more like Christ every single day. We saw David already when he became king. The first thing he did is he asked the Lord what to do, and the Lord told him to go take Jerusalem. And that's what he did. He took Jerusalem, and he took back the promised land that was with the Jebusites. The second thing he did, he asked the question, why do I live in this huge mansion and the Lord lives in a tent right here beside me? See, he had brought the Ark of the Covenant back. We spent several weeks talking about that. And that now the Ark of the Covenant's in a tent and he's in this luxury mansion. And he says, I want to build a temple that's better than what I live in for the Lord. Again, we saw that heart, how he wanted to give back to the Lord. Well, today we see that he wants to give back and show kindness, just like kindness was shown to us. He wants to show kindness and honor a covenant that he had with Jonathan. I labeled this lesson, Be Kind, Rewind, because I grew up in the 80s. I'm going to show my age here that when I grew up, instead of streaming a video to you or watching it on a DVD, we watched it on a VHS tape. When you would go into Blockbuster to rent a VHS tape, they had a big sign right there that said, Be Kind, Rewind. The meaning behind that sign that Blockbuster had was rewind. There was someone kind enough to rewind it for you. You be kind and rewind it for the next person. But the idea was we pass on the kindness, and that's no different in our walk with the Lord. 
God had shown kindness to David, and now David wants to pass that kindness on to Jonathan's family or anybody in the family from King Saul. And we can say the same thing, that Jesus showed kindness by going to the cross and dying for us. He was kind enough so that we could have a way back to a God because the Bible tells us we've all broken. We're all full of sin. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you know what? There is a way for salvation, and we have to believe on the finished work, and we have to believe on what Jesus Christ did. He was the ultimate sacrifice and how he died and he rose again. And when we do that, ask him into our heart and make him Lord of our life, we have a way to stand before a holy God. The second thing that we are supposed to do as Christians, one is we have to become a Christian, I just described to you. The second thing is that we show kindness. We allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. We die to ourselves daily. We die to our selfish ways, and we show the gifts of the Spirit. One of those is kindness. And so today we're going to see that. Just like that sign at Blockbuster says, be kind, rewind, be kind and share what you have. So with that said, I'm not going to read verse for verse. I'll point out the verses I want. Two reasons. One, uh, I got a lot I want to cover. And two, there's a lot of words in here, a lot of names that are hard to pronounce, and I'm just not going to put you through that. So anyhow, I'm just going to point at the verses I want to look at. So if you would, turn with me to 2 Samuel. We're going to look at verse 1, and I'll be reading out of an ESV. And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God to him? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Makar, the son of Amimel, at Lodabar. And then King David sent and brought him from the house of Makar, the son of Amil, at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? And I'm going to stop right there for now. There's a couple of points I want to make. I've already made one of them, and that is that we are to share God's kindness. And that's what David does. As a matter of fact, he says that. As he's talking to Ziba, he asked that in verse 3. Look at verse 3 with me. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? So right there in the first half of verse 3, we see that he wants to show the kindness of God to others. David has lived a very blessed life. It's not been an easy life. He ran for almost 15 years for his life where King Saul chased after him. But now he's wanting to show kindness to the people that King Saul fathered or were part of his lineage. See, David had experienced victory. We studied that just a couple of weeks ago. We studied last week about how he subdued all the armies around him, all his enemy around him. And his response after subduing them, after being blessed as a king, his response was to find someone that he could bless. And let me tell you, this is not a natural response. Our natural response when we're blessed 
is that we want to say, mine, mine, mine. But I want you to see David's heart. David says, I want to bless someone like God has blessed me. And what even shows this more is remember, like I said, that he was attacked by Saul. He was pursued by Saul. He was not protected, but pursued. And now he wants to bless someone in Saul's house. Jesus was known for challenging and putting people in their place, really. I mean, he just spoke the truth. Sometimes the truth will set you free, but sometimes it hurts. And we see when he's teaching about loving your enemies, in Matthew 5.44, he says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to love the people that persecuting me. It's hard for me to love those that are my enemy. But Jesus challenged us, and the only way we can do that, because that's not a natural response, and that's what Jesus is showing us here, is that we walk through the Holy Spirit and we have the fruits of the Spirit. And we see that with David. Because you got to understand, back in that day, it was customary for a new king to completely massacre anyone connected prior to the previous dynasty. And David went against the very principle of revenge, against the principle of self-preservation, and he asked what could he do for the family of his enemy. And then we see the other thing that David says, that he can do this to honor the covenant that he had with Jonathan. His actions were not only based on a feeling and what God wanted him to do and to bless others through his blessing, but it was also to honor a promise or a covenant that he made. Again, this isn't really a natural response. Typically, we make a covenant or a promise with someone that they pass on like Jonathan has died. He's no longer around. That We don't have to honor that anymore. But David still honored it, even though nobody else may have known about that covenant. David knew about it, and he knew he made that before the Lord. So he's honoring his promise, and he's blessing others like the Lord has blessed us. I also want you to see that David was so busy doing what the Lord wanted him to do that he didn't even know there was another person. He didn't know about Mephibosheth. But I want you to see what he says to Mephibosheth. He says, one, you're going to sit at my table, you're going to eat at my table, and I'm going to restore everything that was rightly yours that's been taken from you. And I want you to see that we are Mephibosheth. It was because of the kindness of David, Mephibosheth did nothing to receive this blessing other than being an heir to Jonathan. David went looking for him. David wanted to share his kindness. David asked, is there somebody out there from the house of Saul? And you know what? God came looking for you. God came looking for me. Before we went looking for him, God came looking for us. God extends his kindness because of his goodness, not ours. It's because of his mercy. It's because of his grace. It's because of his covenant that he made with his people. It is because of what he sent his son to do. It is because of the Holy Spirit comes and finds us. We don't find him. In the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, both, is about the 99 sheep and the one that gets lost. Each of us were the one that got lost. At some time, if you are a Christian today, you were the one lost. And the parable that Jesus teaches here, again, is a hard one. People understood, hey, I got 99 sheep, I lose one. Jesus says you leave the 99 and you go find the one. Today's society, what we live in, wouldn't have done that. They would have said, well, I've still got 99 I mean, I'd love to have that sheep, but it's not that big a deal. I can't afford to lose the other 99. But Jesus said, no, the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes for the one. We were all that one. Jesus came and found us. 
That's what Jesus was teaching at that time. I want you to see the picture here. It's all David. It's all his kindness. It's all him holding up to his oath, keeping his covenant, which is a beautiful picture of the salvation process. It's all God. It's all God's kindness, all him holding up to his promises and his covenants. David understood this completely. As a matter of fact, he wrote in Psalms 106. Listen to the way it starts. Psalms 106, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Blessed are those who observe justice, who do righteousness all the time. I don't have time to read the rest of it. I want you to jump down to verse 45 in Psalms 106. Psalms 106, 45. For their sake he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. David understood this principle. And he says right here in verse 45, For their sake he remembers his covenant and relented according to multiple of his mercies. See, all throughout the Old Testament, not just here, we see God who keeps his covenant to his people. He doesn't give up. Even when they mess up, he doesn't give up. He shows kindness to the descendants of Abraham. He shows kindness to the descendants of Isaac and Jacob because he is who he is. And in this passage right here in 2 Samuel, we see the heart of God through David as he shows that kindness to Mephibosheth. When you look at Mephibosheth, we're just like him. He was lame. He was broken. He was worthless. He had nothing to offer. And when God came knocking at our door, Revelations 3, 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone that opens up the door, I will come in and sup with him. What he's saying there is, if you will accept me, I will have a relationship with you. But we were all just like Mephibosheth. We were lame. We were broken. We were worthless. We had nothing to offer. But God still showed kindness to us, and he came in, and he changed us. He made us one of his own. He brought us from the low up to an equal. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What I want you to understand is that God saved us. God looked down and he saved us because of his great love for us. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the appropriation for our sins. I love the way this verse 10 out of 1 John reads in the New Living Translation. It says, This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Hopefully you see the beauty of this passage of scripture that we're studying. We serve a God of forgiveness. He's always been a God of forgiveness and he will always be a God of forgiveness. Each and every one of us are broken. Each of us have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when we study Ephesians 2, it even describes this. It says that we were dead in our trespasses. We were disobedient and we had many sins. And we used to live in our sin, just like the rest of the world did. Obeying the devil, the person that rules the world, we used to obey him. Oh, but verse 4 should get you so excited where it says, But God is so rich in his mercy that he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised us from the dead. 
Just like he raised Jesus from the dead, he raised us from the dead of our sins. We were dead spiritually, and God raised us. He loved us. He forgave us. He searched after us when we were nothing, when we were broken, when we were worthless. God loved us. Hopefully you should see we should be sharing God's kindness just like David did. God finds us just like David found Mephibosheth, and that we are just like Mephibosheth. But it is in God's nature to forgive. And that's the beautiful thing. You should walk away today after listening to this because God loves you and it's his nature to forgive. Turn with me real quickly to 1 King 8. I want to read you just one scripture out of Solomon's prayer of dedication of the temple after he built it. In this dedication of this temple that Solomon has built. In verse 50, though, he says, Forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions that they have committed against you and grant them compassion in the sight of those who carried them captive, that they may have compassion on them. Solomon is saying, we're all broken, but have compassion on us. This is just a small token back to you. As he dedicates it, he shows the nature of God, and that is to forgive. We were all lame, just like Mephibosheth. We were all broken, just like Mephibosheth. We were all unworthy. And we never need to forget that. We need to know where we came from, how we were saved. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 7.20, For there is not a just man on the earth who does good and does not sin. Like I said, Romans 3.23, For we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And there's only one cure to our brokenness. There's only one way of kindness, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus came to cure our brokenness. You can read about how Jesus cures our brokenness. Listen to what John 8.36 says. It says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I talk about this. Maybe you've never gotten lost. Dr. Danny Lanier at Northcrest Baptist Church says that you have to be lost to get saved. And that's true. Half of being saved is understanding that you need a Savior. You have to get lost to understand your loss, and Jesus comes and knocks on our heart. There's a part of the gospel that hurts, and the part that hurts is that we have all are broken, that we're all worthless, and we all need a Savior. But the good news is that Jesus died because he loved you and he wants you to be a part of his family. He's inviting you today. What does Ephesians 2.8 say? For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God. First of all, one of the key words there I want you to look at is grace. We are saved by grace. What is grace? It is getting something we don't deserve. And then how are we saved? We're saved by grace, what? Through faith, through believing in what Jesus did on the cross. And it's nothing that we did. We can't earn it. We can't do enough good things. It is strictly a gift. That's what it says right there. It is a gift from God that we are saved when we believe on his finished work because of his forgiving nature. But I don't want to gloss over the part that also that not only are we saved, which we don't deserve, but look what King David does. He returns everything that was lost. It was lost because of Saul's fault. It was lost because Saul rebelled against God, just like we did. But yet it was all returned to him. And then what a beautiful image that you're going to sit at my table and you're going to eat with me. You are equal to me. You are family to me. You're like a son to me. And that's what's being said right now. 
when God accepts us, we are an heir. We're a joint heir. We are like a son to him. When I was growing up, my pastor used to say, when we are saved and we go and stand before God, God doesn't see us. All he sees is his son. He sees Jesus's blood that covers us. We look like Jesus to him. And so we are all a Mephibosheth. We are all just like Mephibosheth. And then I want you to see how Mephibosheth responded. He fell on his face. He fell prostrate before him. But I want you to see Mephibosheth understood what had just happened. And he fell and he just worshiped the Lord. When we understand, truly understand our salvation, we should be like those at our church that just weep and weep and weep. Sometimes we find them joy, that joy there, but we also find them weeping because they understand what God has done that they didn't deserve. Too many times we just stand in our pew and we look at that and we're too dignified. We're not humble enough. We've forgotten our first love. Are you like Mephibosheth? How are you worshiping the Lord today? I'm already running out of time, so let me move to my final point that we should all be like David. We've seen how we're all like Mephibosheth. We've seen how God's nature is to forgive, but now we should be like David. The question we should be asking ourselves is, what are we going to do with what has been given to us? Are we going to be like David? Are we going to be willing to share the blessing? Are we going to try to bless others? Would you stop and think about David for a minute? David had every right to promote himself. He had every right to brag on himself. He's king. He didn't have to do any of this. But David didn't promote himself. David didn't save himself. David didn't make himself king. He was chosen. He was set apart. He was blessed, just like you and I. And because David had a heart for God, a man after God's own heart, he understood that. He realizes that, and he asked, what am I going to do now that I'm at the top of the mountain? Who am I going to bless? Who am I going to help? The question should be pointing right back at you. How are you going to bless others? And this is where the fleshliness, this is where the selfishness steps in. I can't afford to pay a tithe. I can't afford to give. I can't afford to give my time. I don't have any more. And Jesus gives us a test to test. Are we walking in our flesh? Are we walking in the spirit? He said in Luke 9, 62, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. What Jesus is saying is that you're not walking in the right spirit. You're not walking under his lordship when you look back at, for yourself, when you allow self to overcome. Part of being a Christian is walking in denial, dying to ourself. Jesus said we have to deny ourselves and carry the cross every single day. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Psalms 11.25, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Jesus said in Luke 14, but when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Jesus is showing us, and what the Bible teaches us is that we're to die to ourselves. We're to bless others. We are to be a conduit. As God blesses us, we're to bless others with it. As we mature in our walk with Christ and we understand dying to ourselves and letting the Holy Spirit lead us, all of a sudden we become that conduit. We start seeing the fruits of the Spirit, and one of them being kindness that comes out and generosity that comes out. You might ask Tim, how can I do that? Well, one, seek out people that you can bless. 
Our nature is not to do that. Our nature is not to bless those who don't deserve it or not to bless those that are our enemy. But we've seen that we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to be like David. We live in a time right now where everyone is divided. Everyone gets upset and picks a side based on what they believe and what you believe. And we got to put that down. We got to stop that. That's not of the Bible. The Bible tells us we're to love everyone in our heart. The Bible teaches us that we're to love everyone. We don't love the sin, but we love the person that's in sin. Now, again, don't love the sin, but we bless them. And we earn the right to be able to tell a story to them. Too many times there's been people standing on the corner and they're just Bible thumping and nobody listens to that. But when people understand how much you care, they all of a sudden listen to what you have to say. In closing, I'll just explain this real quick. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It doesn't say and glorify you. Glorify your Father in heaven. Again, blessing others and then point it to Jesus. Explain to them how God has blessed you and you just want to bless others. Each and every one of us have an opportunity. We can do it at home. We can do it at work. We can do it where we live. We can do it at church. All it takes is being aware and being diligent about applying this part of Scripture to our life, to bless others. It's not in our nature. We have to ask the Lord to, to help us die to our selfishness and let the Holy Spirit guide us and let the spirit of kindness come out. Hopefully today this lesson has shown you that we are like Mephibosheth. David is a perfect picture of what God did for us. Mephibosheth is a perfect picture of who we were, that we were broken and that we needed someone to come save us. And that's what happens. And then we see that we need to be like David. David understood the blessings that he had from God and he was willing to share that with others. He looked for someone who he could bless and keep a promise. Is that you today? If not, ask God to help you. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we come before you today, Lord. We thank you for this time together. Lord, I pray right now that you would just bless this lesson. Lord, let it fall on fertile soil so this week as we go through, we will turn around and bless others because you have blessed us. Lord, let us not say, mine, 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 but let us share what we have. Let us be like that first century church. Lord, for the one that's struggling with this today, Lord, I pray that you put a new blessing on them. Lord, that you would bring to remembrance as they get a blessing this week to say, share it. Lord, this lesson will come back to memory that they will share that blessing and give them an opportunity to bring another to your saving grace. Lord, I pray for the one that doesn't know you today. Maybe they haven't truly made you Lord of their life. Maybe they've prayed a prayer, but they never really made you Lord of their life. Lord, I pray today would be the day. Lord, that they would admit that they're a sinner, that they're broken, they're like Mephibosheth. And Lord, that they would ask for you to be their David. Lord, that they would understand they need you. They need your blessing. They need your forgiveness that you are willing to give us. Lord, they would ask that. They would believe in their heart your finished work on the cross, and they would confess you, and they will chase after you. Lord, it's in your name we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.